Alright, alright, okay, okay. What's up, everybody? LJ Talks Facts right here. Go spit the facts like always, of course. Hope you guys are doing great on this Thursday afternoon. It's almost 5 o'clock. It is a beautiful, and I mean beautiful day outside today. Just did like a two-hour walk, you know. I feel pretty good, you know. Pretty energetic, not gonna lie. You know. I feel, I feel really good. Feel pretty good today, guys. But this is my AEW Dynamite review, and I thought AEW was good. To be honest, you know, there is like one part of the show, or maybe a couple parts of the show, I should say, I didn't like. But overall, I thought it was a good show. We saw a twist at the end. You know, I think you guys know what I'm talking about, which was, you know, I actually called it to a couple of my friends. I said in our group chat, "This is what's going to happen," or "I feel like this is going to happen," and then it did. But let's jump right into the show. The first match of the night, Matt Jackson, one half of the AEW World Tag Team Champions versus Ray Phoenix. And these two put on a fucking amazing match. It was really good. It seriously, seriously was. You know, these two basically like have the same style of wrestling. You know, Ray Phoenix is fucking awesome. You already know Ray Phoenix is going to be world champion in the future. You already know that for a fact. He is so fucking talented. The guy is amazing. The guy, he just... It's hard to keep up with this guy when he's in the ring. He's so fucking quick. He's athletic. He's fucking talented. He is amazing. He's so fun to watch. He's one of my favorite wrestlers in the company. He is just so fun to watch. Like, seriously, I, I enjoy watching this guy wrestle. I seriously do. I really do. He does everything. Not to say he does everything right, but he does, you know, just amazing shit every time he's in the ring. He always puts on a good match. Whether it's a tag team match, singles match, he always delivers. Like I said, I think he needs to chill a little bit with the moves that he does, but he's just fucking, oh my God. It's just awesome. This was a great way to start off the show. It really was. It was a great way to start it off. You know, these two... Going back and forth with their styles, you know. Just Ray Phoenix, man. This guy is just insane. And we saw Pac and we saw Nick Jackson at ringside. You know, and I'm looking forward to this tag team match whenever it does happen for the AW World Tag Team titles. And they were show, they showed SCU about like two or three times. SCU is actually the number, number one ranked tag team despite, you know, Pac and Ray Phoenix winning the Casino Tag Team Battle Royal to get a shot at the Unbucks for the AW World Tag Team titles. SCU still ranked number one. So... I guess SCU's probably waiting to, like, see, like, you know, I guess I guess the Young Bucks, Ray Phoenix, Pac match is going to happen pretty soon. Then SCU will face whoever wins. That makes sense. Or maybe the SCU will wrestle first. You know, we'll see what happens. You know, because I know SCU said if they lose one more time, they lose one more time, they're not going to be a team anymore. And, you know, I'm all for Kazarian Daniels match. You know, I, I feel that's definitely going to happen pretty soon, but we'll see. Um, but like I said, Matt Jackson and Ray Phoenix put on a great fucking match. I enjoyed it the whole time. You know, these two, the shit that they were doing inside the ring was just amazing. Just amazing. Especially, like, when fucking Matt Jackson hit him with a super kick and Phoenix went down, got right back up and fucking hit him with an insecurity. I was like, holy shit. I know a lot of people were saying, like, oh, he knows soul that we don't like that. I know a lot of people don't like that. 
but it is what it is. It was cool. It was like a it was like a rush of adrenaline for Phoenix to do that. Like that's what it was basically, and I liked it. Listen, everybody's well, everybody's got their opinions. It is what it is. You can't satisfy everybody. That's a wrestling fan. You just can't. It's just not possible. It's impossible. It's impossible to do that. You seriously just can't satisfy every wrestling fan. It's just not possible. It is what it is, though. It sucks. What are you going to do? These two going back and forth and back and forth. And Ray Phoenix with a great move right there to end it. One, two, three. Ray Phoenix gets a huge win over Matt Jackson. So Ray Phoenix and Pac have some really good momentum. They have some really good momentum going in to their tag team match. So maybe next week, maybe they'll add Pac versus Nick Jackson. I would, I'd be all for that. We'll see if they do. We just know that Ray Phoenix and Pac had the momentum going into this tag team match whenever it happens. Maybe they'll do it next week. You know, we'll see when they do it. Maybe they're going to save it for double or nothing. Maybe. You know, I'd be fine with that if they want to save it for the pay-per-view. The next pay-per-view in, uh, in May. That, that's fine. I want to build it up more. That, that's fine by me. But uh, we'll see. We'll definitely see what happens. So now we went to see John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. They were hanging out somewhere. It looked like somebody's house. And they explained, you know, the whole bad finish to Revolution. Like, it was great to see Eddie Kingston and John Moxley together. After all the bickering that they, you know, did back in October and November of last year for the, for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship when Mox was champion. It was great to see them together. And believe me, I'm, you know, listen, I know a lot of people are still making, like, jokes about the finish that happened at Revolution. Well, it's dying down, the, you know, the jokes, because they get the jokes get old. We know it was a bad finish. It was a botched finish. They even admitted it was a botched finish. That wasn't supposed to happen. That wasn't supposed to happen at all. The, the ring was actually supposed to, like, explode. They were supposed to do that, but they didn't do it. It just happened. It was a botch. Botches happen in wrestling. People need to realize that. No matter what company it is, there's going to be a botch anywhere. Nobody's, no, no company is safe from it. It just happens. You know, maybe we'll get to see another exploding barbed wire death match in the future, and maybe we'll actually get to see the ring explode this time. Whenever it does happen, they'll probably wait a while to do it again, which is fair. Just definitely fair to wait. But um, yeah, it was great to see them together. You know, and Mox looked like he was drunk off his fucking ass at the beginning. You know, and it was great to see them together. It really was. You know, Andy Kings talking about like you know when he was holding down Mox. You know, he was getting like you know flashbacks, like when he was in prison you know they were talking about taking the Rikers you know that kind of shit it was a great promo from Kingston they really are making this work I mean even though it was a bad botch and you know they put in the storyline they're making it work you know they are making it work which is a good thing at least they're making it work which is the good thing I gotta admit that you know and I'm really looking forward to see what Mox and Eddie Kingston do and you know Mox we, we know him and Kenny they're not done yet we know they're definitely not done they're gonna probably end the feud the right way Pretty soon, you know, we thought Mox was going away after this match, but no, he's not now. So, we'll see when they end it, you know. But looking forward to see what Kingston and Mox do together. I doubt they'll go after the tag team titles, but at least it'll be nice to see them together, though. It really is. It's great to see them as, you know, be friends again. It's great. And even Eddie Kingston, you know, went to go save my friend. So, you know, deep down they were still friends. You know, Mox believed it, but Eddie Kingston at first didn't. At least it was nice to see them reunite. But now we get to the next match right here. Cody Rhodes versus Seth Gerges. That was his name. You know, so he wrestled in AEW Dark a couple times. It was a pretty short match, and this was really nice by Cody. It was really nice by Cody. Um, he gave his, you know, his uh, his belt to a fan in the audience, which is really nice. He gave it um, 
to fan the audience, uh, you know, disabled fans. So that was that was really nice of Cody to do. That was really nice. That that was that was beautiful. It really was. It was nice to see Cody do that. You know, the guy he looked happy, and I, I almost I'm almost gonna shed a tear right now. I almost shed a tear when I watched it because that was it was a great moment. It was wholesome. It was awesome to see. It was a really good moment by you know Cody right there. You know, the match itself was pretty short. You know, Cody was you know selling his shoulder injury, and he put Seth you know. Right away in the figure four, and he tapped out. So it was a quick match. So it was, a, you know, win for Cody. And then we saw, you know, Tony Schiavone come in the ring, go to interview Cody. You know, Cody cutting the promo after losing a revolution. And then we saw Penta, who actually was on the Spanish uh, commentary table, which is like near the cr- it was like uh, like in the crowd basically. And I was like, oh shit, okay. And Penta told him to shut up. And then he had uh, that guy Alex translated for him, and you know, and. He said, like, if you're the prince of pro wrestling, then I'm the lord of Lucha Libre. I'm like, oh, like, okay. I never thought I would see Penta versus Cody. I'm like, this is interesting. I'm very intrigued to see how this goes. You know, and Penta was talking about Cody losing Revolution. But I was thinking to myself, wasn't Penta in that match as well? And he also lost. I was kind of a little confused. I'm like, you know, Penta, you lost as well. You know, whatever. I guess you could say... Well, because Cody and Sky were both on top of the ladder, and Cody, you know, was Cody fell and Sky won. You could say, yeah, it's whatever. But Penta still lost. He was in that match as well. Um, you know, and Penta said if he was like in the, if you know, if it was just him and Cody in a match, you know, he would hurt him more, so he wouldn't be able to hold his newborn child. And I was like, oh shit! And then Cody jumped right into the crowd. Him and Penta. Went back and forth and back and forth, and everybody was separating them. And I was like, "Shit, Cody versus Penta." That's interesting. I guess Penta's really separated himself from Pack and Phoenix. I guess very quietly. I guess they'll probably announce that pretty soon. Maybe like he's just going away from. Him. He's going to go on his own. I'm fine with that if he goes on his own. Because it seems like you know Pack and Phoenix going to be team. The Lucha Bros have been a tag team for a long time. I guess they just want to do something new with Pack and Phoenix and let Penta be on his own. That's fine by me. And I thought that was really cool. I thought it was really cool, though. I really thought that was uh, that was something. I can't wait to see how they go forward now with um, Penta and Cody. You know, we'll see what they can do when they wrestle. You know, it'll be really fun to watch. It definitely will. It definitely, definitely, definitely will. So next segment, when we come back from commercial, we saw Tony Giovanni interview Sting, which is basically a weekly thing. But, you know, Sting was talking about Darby Allen, you know, like how he's a dangerous man, and Sting getting the win, you know, him and Darby both getting the win at Revolution over Starks and Cage. And this was actually kind of weird, though. Lance Archer interrupted. Him and Jake the Snake both interrupted Sting, and I was like, oh, I'm thinking to myself, are we going to get Lance Archer versus Sting, or maybe Lance Archer versus Darby Allen for the TNT title? I was a little bit confused, like, okay, so this is interesting. Okay, we'll see how this goes. You know, Lance Archer, you know, said he didn't need a ladder match to prove he's anything. If that if things doesn't cha- if things don't change, he's gonna take much more than time. You know, like, you know, because he inter- you know, he interrupted Sting and then they walked off. So it was kinda awkward, but it's like, okay, maybe we're gonna get Archer versus Sting. That would be an interesting match if it happens. You know, Sting did great in the cinematic match. You know, we're kinda wondering, is he gonna wrestle like a regular match that's not cinematic? Maybe he will, maybe he won't. I'll have to wait and see what happens. Or maybe it's just leading up to Archer and, and Darby, which I'm fine with. 
So now here was a shame though. We got Ethan Page making his Dynamite debut against Lee Johnson. And this was bad though. This was really bad. Because I felt bad for both these guys in this match. And this was TNT's problem. This wasn't AEW's fault. This was TNT's fault. It was the network's fault because there was a basketball game that was broadcast. But it wasn't... I don't even know if it was on TNT. It wasn't even on TNT and like it was just the audio of a basketball game. And I was like, what the fuck's going on? It was throughout the whole match. I mean, I, I paid attention to the match. I thought they had a decent match, but it's like a shame that that had to happen, though. Because you got two young stars, Ethan Page. You know, he's like 31. Lee Johnson's 23. So they're both young stars. And I, I remember who Ethan Page is now because he was the one that got killed in TNA. Like the karate man, his alter ego killed him. He got shot or whatever. So I'm kind of like, okay. My friend was talking to me about it because he actually watched it and said it was bad. They could have done better. It was on a green screen. They could have done a whole lot better. But it's TNA. They like to fuck up shit. You know, listen, they let Hogan and Bischoff run roughshod and rob them of millions of dollars. But that's a story for another day. But it is what it is. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, this match, it was decent. It was hard to watch. It was a little bit hard to watch, though, due to, like, the, you know, audio. It's, like, with the with the basketball game that was going on. It's, like, okay. And it was, out, it was throughout the whole match. It's not, like it was like, it's not like it was, like, for a couple minutes, and that was it. It was throughout the whole match. I thought when they came back from commercial, I thought, okay, maybe it's going to be over. Okay. But no. It was throughout the whole match. I felt so bad for Paige, and I felt so bad for, you know, Lee Johnson. I felt bad for those guys. I seriously did. Two young stars in this company. And that shit happens. It's a shame. It really was a shame to see that happen, though. It really was. But like I said, decent match. Ethan Page got the win in his Dynamite debut. So, you know, welcome to the AEW officially. Ethan Page. I really thought he was going to win the ladder match at first. But no, I didn't. I guess, you know, it's smart. You don't want to rush him into a title match. They, you know, I think they learned from the mistakes to do that because they rushed, like, Brian Cage into a world title match last year when he won... The, uh, the ladder match back at double or nothing last year to get a shot at, at the world heavyweight at the AW World Heavyweight Championship when John Moxley was champion, and they and they put on a good match. They had a good feud, but it was like you know they could have built Cage up a little bit more, but it's whatever. And then Ethan Page attacked Lee Johnson after the match, so he's a heel. So at least I know that he's, he's established as a heel. I don't, I don't know if he was in TNA. Like I said, I don't want, I haven't watched TNA in fucking years, so I wouldn't know. Um. And yeah, like QT Marshall like walked off. He didn't help Lee Johnson. Dustin Rhodes came in. And that's when he walked off. So now we know that QT is definitely leaving the Nightmare family. And I like QT, to be honest. Like, he, he cut a good promo before the match, before the audio fucked up. And, you know, he, he's, a, he's a damn good wrestler, in my opinion. And he could talk, you know, which is good. I'm down to see him and Dustin go at it. Because, you know, QT he feels like he's underappreciated in the Nightmare family. And it's a shame, you know, it really is. But we know we're going to get QT versus Dustin pretty soon. Maybe sooner rather than later. And I'm all for it. And we did see Hangman and Page. He bought a new lawnmower with the money he won from Big Money Matt Hardy in the match of Revolution. And then Dark Order joined Page on the riot, except Allen Angels, number five. And for those who don't watch, you know, BT, you know, Dark Order, they don't like number five. They don't like Allen Angels. They're always giving them shit. They're always telling them to shut the fuck up. So this is not new so, so people are watching. He's not leaving the Dark Order. They just don't like him. They never liked him on BT either. They, they never liked him on. They never liked him from the start. So this isn't something new. It's been going on for a long time. But good segment. So I guess you could say Hangman and Page. He's not official with the Dark Order. So I mean, you're like kind of waiting. Is he gonna officially join them or? I don't know. So 
now we get to a segment right here that kind of surprised me how it ended or kind of like it kind of surprised me how it started and ended to be honest that's how i kind of feel so christian cage was supposed to speak but kenny omega and don Callis and the good brothers the impact wrestling tag team champions doc Gallows and carl anderson came out and you know they were talking about you know don Callis cut a very good promo talking about what happened in revolution Saying they may have had something to do with it, may or may not have something to do with you know the ring not exploding. We took that all away from the fans, you know, and Moxley like trying to have like a proper send off. We took that away from him, and we made Eddie Kingston look stupid. And then you know Kenny started talking, the AW World Heavyweight Champion. He started talking, cut a pretty decent promo. You know his promos ever since he's been a heel, his promos have gotten better. Never, I never really liked him as a babyface, to be honest, when he would talk. I always thought he was kind of cringy when he would talk, but as a heel, he's pretty good. You know, I want to, I want to hear him talk, like, more slow, in a way. Kind of like how he did that one time, like, when Adam Cole got kicked out of the Bullet Club, and he was, like, talking very slow, like, this is Adam's moment. And, like, when the Young Bucks, you know, super kicked Adam Cole, for those who remember, that was back in, like, 2017, like, early 2017. So that was something. That's the kind of Kenny Omega I want to like hear. Like him talk more slow and like more like devious in a way. I get the comedy they, they've done with him. Like, you know, going on the golf course and, you know, going to a, going to a school and reading a book. I like, I, I get it. They're trying to add comedy to him, but they really shouldn't, to be honest. There was nothing really like, well, there was some comedy here, obviously. But um, I want to see him more. I want to see him be more of the cleaner in a way. That's what I want to see more of. But we're probably not going to see that for a while, you know. They just got to realize, you know, it's kind of it's kind of like with Jericho in the Inner Circle. You know, they did a lot of comedy, you know, recently. But, no, recently, they did a lot... Excuse me. They did a lot of comedy before, like, you know, most of 2020. But recently, they, you know, they haven't really done much comedy now. They're being more serious, which is good. That's how I want to see Kenny be. More, like, more serious. Not on the golf course and going to... Read books for kids. I'm just, I'm just saying. I want to be more serious. Um, but yeah, it's whatever though. But then we saw Eddie Kingston come out, and he was pissed off. And Don Callis is saying, like, you know, I fired you from TNA because you know why, or Impact Wrestling, whatever the fuck, it's the same shit. The reason why I fired you because you couldn't grab that brass ring anytime you had a chance, you would always fail. And I was like, oh, shit. And then they, then they did, like, a fucking countdown. And fucking Kenny fell down. And he said to Don, 69 me, Don, 69 me. I was like, what the fuck? Did he really just say that? Everybody fucking laughed at that. That was fucking funny. I'm sure a lot of people probably didn't catch it. But people who did fucking laugh at it, I thought that was funny as shit. I thought that was fucking funny. When Kenny said that, that was hilarious. Like, they did, like, the countdown mocking, you know, Kingston and Mox. But then Kenny got serious. You know, he got in Eddie's face saying, like, hit me. You don't have the balls to do it. You won't do it. We're going to kick your ass. And then Kingston knocked him down. Kenny sold it pretty good. And then the good brothers. And then Kenny got involved. And, you know, they attacked Eddie Kingston. And then John Moxley came out. You could say even the odds in a way. And they took out the good brothers. And Kenny was still in the ring. And then here came Christian Cage. His music hits. He comes out. He didn't speak again, but he came out. And he confronted Kenny Omega. And I was like, oh, shit. Oh, my God. I was like, here we fucking go. And Christian Cage apparently is a big fan of Kenny Omega. So that's pretty cool. 
So he confronted him, and Kenny Omega offered him his hand. I was like, oh, I felt like a handshake. I'm like, okay, like maybe Kenny's trying to get Christian Cage to join up with him. You know, I'm like, that's interesting. Christian Cage didn't give him, you know, didn't shake his hand. And Kenny, like, turns to his side, goes for a punch, and then Christian looked like he was going, I guess you can't call it the kill switch anymore because that was his finisher. That's what they called it in WWE. So I guess it's back to, like, the unprettier because that's what it was like in TNA. So the he tried to go for the unprettier. But then right as, like, Kenny Omega was, like, near the ropes, Don Callis ripped him out. And Christian Cage grabbed the world title. And I'm like, that's, that's his intentions right now for the AEW world title. And I saw a lot of people complain about this. I'm all for Christian Cage winning the world title. And you say, what about the other young stars in this company? But here's the thing. Jericho won the AEW world title. He was the first ever AEW world champion. They needed him to win the world title. He needed to be the first world champion. Because that brought in money and ratings. That's exactly what it did. And he elevated a lot of guys as champion. And they made Mox champion. Which was perfect. So I could see Christian Cage beating Kenny Omega whenever it happens. And Christian Cage can drop it to a younger star. And here's the thing though. Christian Cage, he was booked so much better in TNA than in WWE. And that's the cold-hearted truth. We could say, oh, but he was a multi-time Intercontinental Champion. He was a world champion in WWE. Yeah, he was world champion combined for a month with his two title reigns. Imagine after your buddy retires due to the bad fucking injury that he suffered edge. They gave Christian the world title. Imagine thinking like they're finally going to use me as a main event top guy. Just to lose it two days later. Imagine that. Imagine doing that shit. I mean, come on. Seriously. And then he won it back in a bullshit way of Money in the Bank because Randy Orton, if he got disqualified, he'd win it back. And that's exactly what he did. He got Randy Orton disqualified. And Christian Cage, or he was Christian at the time, won back the world title. Then he lost it a month later at SummerSlam. So it made no sense. It was stupid. But I'm going to enjoy his reign here. I've watched a lot of, you know, TNA clips. And when he was, when he was Christian Cage, you know, and he, it was pretty cool. Got to admit that. Pretty cool. You know, we know he's a lot older. You know, he's back to, you know, a full schedule now. He hasn't worked a full schedule in years. But he's in great shape. He's not out of shape. So we know that he'll do pretty good. He did great in the Rumble match back in January. And he's going to do good. I think he's going to do good. I mean, I don't know if they're going to do him and Kenny right away. Like, say, double or nothing. Maybe they'll save for, like, all out. Like, in August or September. Maybe, like, Christian Cage will earn his way to a title match. Well, this is what the people want right here. Like, I know I say, I know some people, like, you know, are still pissed about him being the surprise guy. Oh, my God, AEW overhyped it. No, the fans overhyped it. Again, here I'm going to say again. Did you really think AEW was going to bring out CM Punk or Brock Lesnar in front of a 1,000 fans? That doesn't make any sense. Why would you do that? It's great to see Christian Cage in AEW, though. He's got his old, you know, TNA theme. He's got his old name right there, Christian Cage. It's great. I think he's going to have a great run. I could see him having like a two, three-year run with AEW for the rest of his career right here. You know, I could see because this is one last run, like how Edge is having his last run in the WWE. Christian Cage is having his last run, but now it's with AEW. And I'm all for it, and I love it. Just can't wait to see him and Kenny. That will be a great match to watch. All right, but here's like the worst part of the show, though, and I might rip into it. You know, I'm going to have to rip into it. I'm sorry. I love AEW, but I got to. It was a six-women's tag team match with Akara Shida, Ryo Mizunami, and Thunder Rosa. Two of my girls, actually three of my girls, were in this match. Shida, Rose, Shida and Rosa, obviously, versus Britt Baker, who's also my other girl, and Nyla Rose, and Maki Atoya. So obviously, you know, like I said, my girls, you know, Shida, Rosa, and Britt. 
Love them. They're fucking amazing. This match was definitely the worst match of the fucking night. This was bad. This was bad. I mean, we had my, we had Micah Toya. However the fuck you say her name. I'm just going to call her Toya. She was fucking singing. She had, like, headphones on. And I guess that's what her character is, you know, because I didn't watch the tournament. The tournament on YouTube, like, on the Japan side. So I guess that's what she's all about. And people like her. People like her, which is good. She's over with the people. So far, I mean, I'm not a fan of her, to be honest. I really don't like her right now. I don't think she's good in the ring. I think her character's kind of stupid in a way. I mean, she's cute, yeah, but her character... I don't know if I can get... I don't know if I can... I don't know if I ever like her character. I know it's early. Maybe she'll grow on me. Like, Orange Cassidy grew on me, to be honest. Because he can go in the ring. So far, Toya, what I saw in this match, so far, I think she can't go. At least Orange Cassidy can go. He has a goofy gimmick, but at least he can go in the ring. Um, but yeah, and then she had, like, those fucking... She hit, like, Sheeta with the microphone barely, and I was like... Oh... This is only... This was building up for disaster, in my opinion. It just wasn't a good match. It was bad. One of the worst matches AEW's put out. It just wasn't good. It was sloppy. It was all over the place. Like, Thunder Rosa and Sheeta and Britt tried to do their best in this match. And Nyla Rose, like I said, improved a lot. You know... Mizunami, she's decent. Like, she's okay. It just... This match wasn't going to be saved at all. It was like, you know, Rebel was trying to get involved. Vicky Guerrero tried to get involved. You know, it makes sense. They're heels. They're going to do that. I have no problem with that. I'm just saying the match itself was just sloppy as fuck. It just wasn't good. Couldn't get into it. It was just bad. I, try, I tried. You know, I don't like to rip into AEW because I love AEW, obviously. I don't like to rip into them. But like I said, when I, if they ever do any bad stuff, I'm going to rip into them. That's, that's exactly what I'm doing. Just, you know, it was just a bad match. I mean, bad matches happen all the time. They just do it. Well, not all the time, but sometimes it'll happen. You know, they probably thought they could make this match work. You put a toy on national television, which is not... It wasn't a bad idea because people like her. She's over, but I just... I don't like her that much. Like I said, I think she's cute. You know, she's beautiful, but... You know, I just... Eh. I'm just not, not into it right now. Like I said, with Cassie, I wasn't into Orange Cassie at first. I thought his character sucked. But I got into him, so let's just hope I can get into a Toya. I mean, if I can't, then I can't. I'm not going to force myself to like her if she's just not that good. If she, if she's if she's actually good in the ring, that's a different story. I'm hearing from a lot of people that she's not good in the ring. She needs a lot of work. So she needs to be able to go for me to like her. That's all I'm saying. That's just how, that's how I feel about it. But I couldn't wait for this match to end. It finally ended. Thunder Rosa and Shida Mizunami got the win. And after the match, all of them attacked Thunder Rosa, and they took her out. And I was like... Alright, we know this whole thing with Britt and Thunder. Rose isn't done. I mean, you think it would be done because Britt Baker beat her at Beach Break, but they're continuing, which I'm fine with, you know. That's cool. And then we go backstage, saw Big Money Matt Hardy hire the Butcher and the Blade to join him in private party to take on the Dark Order. So I'm like, that's interesting because now we know Butcher and the Blade are not with Eddie Kingston anymore because Eddie Kingston is now with John Moxley. So now the whole family that Eddie Kingston has is just him and Mox because, you know... You know, obviously, the Lucha Brothers aren't with them anymore. And now Butcher and the Blade aren't with them in, in the Bunny. So they're all gone. So it's just him and Mox. So that's that's cool, I guess, you could say. 
And next match right here for the TNT title, Scorpio Sky versus the Strange Enigma. I almost said charismatic, that's Jeff Hardy. So the Strange Enigma, my guy, the TNT champion, Darby Allin. And these two put on a pretty good match, to be honest. I was kind of like thinking, okay, let's see how these two work right here. Two different styles, you know, see how they can go. I was happy for Scorpio Sky that he won the Face of Revolution ladder match. You know, it seems like he's going to get a push. This is his second time going after the TNT title. He faced Cody back on August 12th last year for the TNT title. They had a really good match that Cody won. And now he's going up against Darby Allen for the TNT title. So I'm like, all right, we'll see how he does. And I like Scorpio Sky's theme song, by the way. You know, Reach for the Sky. It's a pretty cool theme song. I like it. Just wanted to put that out there. So Darby came up by himself. So I'm kind of thinking, like, is, are him and Sting done? Was only, it was like, brr, was this only a one-time thing? Like... What he really considers a one-time thing because Sting helped Darby Allen retain against Brian Cage. And they had the match. So maybe maybe they are done. I mean, I don't know. We'll see what happens down the line, I guess. But these two put on a good match. You know, Darby was selling the leg injury well because he jumped like two or three floors onto fucking Brian Cage in the fucking warehouse. So you obviously know it was good they were selling it. You know, for a little guy in Darby Allen, you know, he really can go in the ring. And I fucking love this guy. I've loved him ever since I started watching AEW. Like, I didn't know who he was when he wrestled Jimmy Havoc on the October 9th episode in 2019. This was the second episode of Dynamite. And I was intrigued by him right away. And then, when he, of course, when he wrestled Jericho the next week for the world title, that was a great performance. You know, especially for Darby Allen. It was the biggest match of his life. The third episode of Dynamite, you know, on, you know, on national television in Philadelphia against greatest wrestler of all time for the world title and they, he put on a really good match with him he was putting the spotlight right away but yeah i mean him and sky put on a good match you know sky's been in a lot of big matches like especially him and jericho went at it too the day before thanksgiving for the aw world heavyweight title and you know of course sky you know helping I mean, him and kazarian won the tag team titles against the lucha bros it was supposed to be daniels and kazarian but, but daniels got hurt so then, you know, you know, Sky took his spot, and then Sky and Kazarian beat everybody in sight and won the tag team titles. And especially Sky having the match with Cody Rhodes for the uh, TNT title back on August 12th, and then Sky winning the ladder match at Revolution. So he's had some big matches in his, in his AEW career. But him and Darby, you know, put on a really good match. You know, I love when Darby was going for that. Not not the tope. It's not a tope. Um... It's not like a suicide dive. Not, it's not a suicide dive. It's like kind of like when he's going like with his shoulder, like he's gonna like come at you. Like he's going through like like uh, the middle rope and he hits you like with a shoulder tackle, basically in a way. He was going for it and Sky countered with a cutter, and I was like, oh shit! Cause I thought Darby got him, but no, they showed the replay. Sky hit him with a cutter. I was like, oh, okay. And then Darby Allen was going for a coffin drop in the ring, and Sky countered with a power bomb. And I was like, damn, okay. I like what I'm seeing right here. And then Sky was going for his finisher and Darby Allen with a roll-up. One, two, three. So Darby Allen retains the TNT title. And you saw Sky was very frustrated after the match, and I felt pretty bad for him. I thought he was going to win. I really thought Sky was going to win the title. I, it, was, it was that close. It was that close, and Darby went up to him after the match, kind of like gave him like, like a little hit on the shoulder, like as respect in a way. And Sky didn't take his respect, and he went right after Darby Allen. So Scorpio Sky has been teasing turning heel, and now he officially turned heel. Attacked Darby Allen, went right after his leg, put Darby's ankle in, or his ankle leg in the fucking submission move, and Darby was tapping. He had it in there for a while until all the referees came out and got him off Darby. And Scorpio Sky was looking at his hands, kind of like, you know, what have I done? But then he was smiling. So he knew what he did. 
So Scorpius guy's officially a heel now. And I'm all for it. I'm like, all right, this is interesting. Because he's been teasing turning heel. So now he's officially a heel. I'm like, all right, interesting. That's pretty interesting. Now we'll see how we'll see how it goes now. We know the shit between Darby and Scorpio wasn't done yet. Definitely know that for a fact. But now we look to next week. Now we look to next week for next week's Dynamite, AEW Dynamite, St. Patrick's Day Slam. This is going to be a great fucking show. We got Jurassic Express, Marco Stunt, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus, and Bear Country versus the Dark, oh not the Dark Order, versus, just said the Dark Order, wow, versus Big Money Matt Hardy, Private Party, and The Butcher and The Blade. So that would be a decent match right there. It'll be interesting to see Bear Country on uh, on Dynamite. That'll be interesting to see. Uh, Jade Cargill will be in action. The first time after since uh, the tag team match with her, Shaq, Cody, and Red Velvet. I wouldn't mind seeing Jade Cargill and Red Velvet go out, but they might be saving that for a pay-per-view, which is fine by me, I guess you could say. We also got the Good Brothers. We got the Good Brothers, the Impact Wrestling Tag Team Champions, Carl Anderson, Doc Gallows. Versus John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. I was actually really surprised seeing that get announced. I was like, okay, we're going to see Mox and Kingston team up. That's going to be interesting. We also got Cody Rhodes versus Penta. I'm like, all right, wow, they're actually doing this right away. They're not, they're not wasting any time. They're going right into this. That's going to be a banger. And then the main event, the first ever woman's main event in AEW, AEW Dynamite. Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker, DMD. In an unsanctioned lights out match, so anything goes. It's basically like the like uh, the lights out match we saw from Mox and Omega back at Full Gear two years ago. So I'm like, all right, that's gonna be the main event. I am very fucking intrigued. I love Britt Baker. I love Thunder Rosa. I feel like Thunder Rosa is gonna win. To be honest, she needs to win because Britt Baker beat her at Beach Break. So this could be redemption for Thunder Rosa to beat her, and then you could say they can go at it one more time for like the number one contender spot. In a way, they could do that. Maybe they'll do like. A multi-woman match, which makes sense. So maybe it saves Thunder Rosa from getting pinned. You could do like a fatal four-way women's match with the winner getting a shot at Cheetah. And you could have Britt Baker pin anybody else. But like, you could do Britt Baker, Mizunami. You could do Britt Baker, Mizunami, Rose, and Thunder Rosa. You could have Britt Baker pin Mizunami or Rose. So it saves Thunder Rosa from getting pinned. You could do something like that. And then, you know, Britt Baker can win the AEW Women's World Championship. And then they could do the grudge match between Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa, like, say, like, Full Gear, you know, whatever the fuck, like, later on this year. They could do that for the AEW Women's World Championship. Wouldn't mind if they do that, to be honest. But now we get to our main event of the evening. The Inner Circle's War Council. So Jericho, MJF, Hager, and Santana Ortiz came out, you know, it wasn't the whole inner circle because Wardlow wasn't there. So I was a little bit, like, thinking to myself, okay, maybe Wardlow, maybe he's hurt. Because, you know, Jericho did him with the Judas effect, so maybe Jericho hurt it. Maybe that's why he wasn't there. So I was like, okay, something must be, something's going on. You know, and Jericho was saying maybe they should add a new member. And then MJF said maybe it's time they lose a member. And I was like, oh, okay. And then somebody made their return. Sammy Guevara, after a month hiatus, is back now in AEW Dynamite. So he came out and says he has important footage to show Chris Jericho. 
And Jericho was, like didn't want him there at all. He was like, you're dead to us. We don't want you here. And Guevara like made Jericho listen. Like He's like, listen, I got this footage right here. You need to see it. So then Guevara plays the footage. So he had a hidden camera in the locker room. And we saw Hager, Santana Ortiz, and MJF. And MJF was making a plan to take over the inner circle, saying, we get rid of the snake, we cut the head off the snake, and Chris Jericho, we get rid of him. After the footage is done, MJF, uh, Santana Ortiz, and Hager, they're all looking at Jericho Guevara very menacingly, and MJF says, get him. And then we saw Santana Ortiz and Hager go up to him, go up to them, and then they turned around, and they were on Jericho's side. And Jericho said to MJF, "You didn't think we talked every, you don't, you don't think we talk every day, and that kind of shit." They speak, they were speaking to each other the whole time. They knew what MJF was up to. And then Jericho said, "You're out of the inner circle, and it's time for an old inner circle beatdown." MJF was in the corner, groveling and crying, like the amazing heel that he is. And he was saying, please, please don't do it. Please don't hurt me. Please don't hurt me. But MJF said that's okay. You know, he's out of the inner circle. Because he, was, because he wasn't trying to take over the inner circle. He was secretly forming his own faction. And then the lights go out. For like, about like a minute. You could say around a minute. The lights come back on. And we saw Tully Blanchard, FTR, Wardlow, and Sean Spears all in the ring and I was like I fucking called it I told my buddies that's what's gonna happen fucking knew it was gonna happen holy shit and they all and fucking MJF's new faction they took out the inner circle Jericho got busted wide open after MJF hit him with a diamond ring Guevara got his fucking head right into a chair and Jericho was taking most of the beat down he was busted up and bleeding I was like, damn, and fucking before that, Hager got bit. Bit, really? Jesus Christ. Hager got hit with a fucking bottle and knocked him out. Santana Ortiz were fucking handcuffed, and fucking FTR picked both of them up, and then Tully did that little finisher that they've been doing for a while on both of them. And I was like, shit, Jesus Christ. And they took Jericho out to the stage, all busted up and bleeding. And they carried him right near, like the last part of the stage, like to like more like to the left. And then Wardlow picks him up. Boom! Wardlow power bombs Jericho. Wardlow power bombs Jericho right off the fucking stage. And MJF's new faction stands tall. I was like, holy fucking shit. So I'm sure you can say Guevara's back in the inner circle. Maybe the inner circle now are baby faces now. Which can be kind of weird to see, you know, because they've been fucking, you know, great heels ever since they've come together. Well, it looks like they might turn into baby faces. They might. Most likely they might. Maybe this is setting up for an, a new blood and guts thing. They were supposed to do blood and guts between the inner circle and the elite last year. But they couldn't do it. They were supposed to do it like at fucking uh, Prudential Center on the 25th last year. But they couldn't do it, you know, do... So the pandemic started. When the pandemic started, oops, they couldn't do it. So maybe, you know, this might be a sign that they might do the Inner Circle versus MJF's new faction. We don't know what their name's going to be. We don't know yet. So we'll see what they call them. 
because there's five of them. There's not four of them. So there's not going to be a new four horsemen. There's five of them. There's MJF, there's Wardlow, there's FTR, and there's Sean Spears. So I don't know what they'll be called. They obviously got Tully there as well as a manager. That was fucking, that was a great finish. I was like, damn. Jesus Christ, that is something. And it was kind of good to get MJF away from Jericho. I'm not saying it was a bad thing they were together. It was something cool for a while. MJF really played them. And they were right the whole time. Like, MJF was coming in to fucking play them. Everybody was right. They called it. You know, Jericho really didn't believe it, but everybody else was telling him, he's coming in to play you. Like, MJF betrayed Cody. See, MJF is a lot like Kevin Owens in a way, and that's not an insult. That's not an insult at all. Look how many bridges Kevin Owens burned in the WWE, like with Sami Zayn and like with Jericho. And um, like, who else, who else did he do it with? Was that like about it? Oh, yeah, Kofi Kingston he did as well. That's why he doesn't have much friends now in the WWE. That's how I feel like MJF's going to be like in the future. He's not going to have much friends in AEW when officially like he's a babyface. You know, because eventually MJF, he'll get a babyface run. All heels do. All great heels get babyface runs. All the, the best do. Like Mr. Perfect, Ric Flair. All the greats do. All the great fucking heels get the, you know, get babyface runs. You know, he'll have like no friends at all because he's burned so many bridges. Like with Cody... And now they're whole inner circle. And probably the next one will be with Wardlow. That's what I feel like it'll be. Wardlow will be the next one. That's just how... That's just my feeling on that. But still, that was a great fucking finish. That was awesome. Really enjoyed that. I was like, wow. But when the lights went, I was thinking, like, who's going to be in the ring? But I kind of knew who was going to be. I was just like, holy shit. That is something. That is something. That was great, though. That was really good. That was a really good finish to a really to a good show. Next week is fucking stacked. I think next week's definitely gonna be better than this week with the car they got. We know next week's show was taped. They're probably doing it today or probably someday this weekend. I guess probably they're gonna do it. I don't know how. I don't know when they do it. I don't know if they do it like the next day or whatever the fuck. But we know next week is fucking stacked, especially with the main event with Thunder Rose and Britt Baker. And the lights out match, unsanctioned match right there. That's going to be fucking amazing. Especially, especially, especially to see two women, you know, main event. Dynamite for the first time. That's going to be good. So they're making history next week. They're making history next week, which is great. And I wouldn't mind if Thunder Rosa wins. Even though like I said Britt Baker has all the momentum to win the AEW Women's World title. Thunder Rosa does need the win, though. So she can even it up with Britt Baker. And then, like I said, you can do a multi-women match. Where Thunder Rosa doesn't get pinned by Britt Baker. And then Britt Baker can win the women's title whenever against Sheeta. And then in the future, you could do Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa in the grudge match. So there you go. And that's when you give Thunder Rosa the belt. It's perfect. That's just how I would do it. But before I end this episode, I do have a bone to pick. Girl on Cinema. You may give me a lot of hate right here. You know, I'm sure a lot of people who are going to listen to this might give me some shit, might give me some heat, but you know what? I don't care. I really don't care. Because I am pissed off. I am seriously fucking pissed. And it's not just about, it's not about this. It's about like what she says, you know, what she said in the past. So she said this yesterday. Here at AEW, take my ad revenue. You obviously need it more than I do, but mark my words. This means war at Tony Khan. So it was like, you know, a copyright claim was created, you know, for like the Jericho MJF press conference with the Unbucks and, you know, with Shaq on Dynamite. 
Like how she puts Shaq dies on dynamite. That's very misleading right there, which uh, Shaq dies on dynamite. I was like, what? One, this girl's a fucking idiot. She thinks she's fucking like Jim Cornette's fucking daughter. Like, you know, and she fucking like has a picture of like Cornette, like the famous Cornette face, and she puts her face there. And obviously, you know, Cornette, I think, retweeted or whatever the fuck. And somebody like, you know, because I actually responded to her, to a tweet that she said in the past. But we'll get to that in a second. Tony Khan actually responded to her saying, Hi, just saw your tweet. I'm sorry this has affected your revenue. It is possible to review the aforementioned clips like these like these you have listed. Jericho, MJF, Press Conference, plus Jade and Shaq versus Cody, Red Velvet, without illegally pirating videos that I budget millions per month to produce. So Tony Khan fucking owned her. I was like, Jesus Christ. I don't know what kind of clout she was looking for, this girl, because she's a fucking idiot. She seriously is. And one, here's the thing. I've watched the video. She sounds like a fucking little kid. Obviously, she's not, but she sounds like one. So I feel like I'm insulting a child if I, like, clap back at her and say shit to her. That's what it feels like. Because one of her videos says, why does AEW... Hold on. What's the fucking... What's one of her videos saying? Why AEW sucks so much? I'm like, What? It should be, why does AEW suck so much? It's like, it says fucking, why AEW suck so much? Shouldn't it say, why... Hold on, fucking, see, you see what happens when you got fucking, you dealing with fucking brain dead people right here, fucking what they write? Got the grammar of a fucking fifth grader, Jesus Christ, like, oh my God. It really should say, why does AEW suck so much, with a question mark, which obviously she didn't put, because she's a fucking idiot. Like, Jesus Christ. But here's one thing that really pissed me off. Because somebody actually tweeted it. And I screenshot it and I posted it myself. So, Aubrey Edwards, on the night of... Um, on the night of the Brody Lee tribute episode. She posted, like, the Brody Lee armband she had it on. And her caption was, Only happy tears with a, blue, with a purple heart and a black heart. Hashtag RIP Brody Lee. Hashtag AEW Dynamite. And girl on cinema, sorry, excuse me, cunt on cinema replied, cringe, like with a cringe emoji face. I was like, whoa. When I saw that, I was like, no, 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 no. And then like under like that tweet, she said to Tony Khan, I put, you know, I posted that thing right there. And I said, this you, question mark, and I put cunt. And I, I was pissed off about that shit. So you know what? Girl on cinema, just shut the fuck up already. Seriously, if you don't like AEW, like your fucking stupid fucking quote-unquote daddy Jim Cucknett then don't watch the fucking show it's that simple nobody is forcing you to watch for Christ's sake nobody is forcing you to watch this show or this product nobody's forcing you to watch it you think you're fucking hot shit everything you think you're Cornette's daughter and she fucking posts there's a fucking funny thing like Cornette like posted a video on Twitter and fucking she replied to it. He's so cute. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? What is this, like, fucking stepdad and fucking stepdaughter? That's like, that you find it, you find that shit on fucking, like, Pornhub or something. That's what it feels like. It's like, it's fucking creepy. What the fuck is this shit? One bitch, you're not gonna be, you're not, like, you're not gonna be the next cornet. You're not cornet anyway. You're just a cringy fucking stupid-ass fucking cunt who should shut a fucking mouth. Because you said that you fucking said cringe? Right there, and all we ever posted... That she had the fucking armband of R.I.P. Brody Lee cringe? You put cringe? What the fuck is wrong with you? Who raised you? You fucking little twat. 
fuck you. And you can say I sound triggered and everything. No, I'm pissed about that shit. That's not triggered. I am pissed. Saying cringe. Are you fucking kidding me? You must be out of your mind. I know this was three months ago. I know it was last year. But it pisses me off. And now she's got a cloud. Now she's gained more followers from what she said to Tony Khan. Because she needed all the attention. Because she wanted to probably because her daddy fucking left her life or whatever the fuck happened. Maybe she has daddy issues. That's why she looks to Jim Cornette as a, as a father figure. Whatever the fuck, you know. Oh, Daddy Cornell. Oh, my God. How many I suck your dick today, Daddy? Fuck off, man. Jesus Christ. I don't give a shit if this fucking gives me backlash or anything. I don't care. I don't care how fucking soft we are these days. I don't give a shit. You're going to put cringe on the Aubrey Edwards fucking post? Because of her post right there with the Brody Lee armband on her shoulder, you're going to put cringe. How fucking dare you? How fucking dare you? Go fuck yourself. Seriously. And you're a transphobe as well. So you want to fuck you with that as well. You disgusting pig. You disgusting little bitch. How dare you? How fucking dare you? Your mother should have fucking swallowed you. You fucking twat. No, I'm really pissed. I don't think to myself I should watch what I say. But I don't fucking care anymore. Hell no. Fuck that shit. But all right, guys. All right. Let me let me go relax now. I got to go relax before I go off the walls even more. All right, guys. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Hope you guys had a great day today. Hope you guys, you know, enjoy the rest of your night. Uh, barring any sports news, I will talk to you guys on Saturday when I review WWE Friday Night SmackDown. All right? You guys enjoy the rest of your night. And I'll talk to you guys then. And again, I'm sorry. I do want to apologize, you know. Not to obviously cunt on cinema, but to those who heard my strong, vulgar language, you know, I'm, you know, I do, I do want to apologize. You guys are great. You guys are great listeners, the best listeners in the world. I don't care how many views I get. You guys are fucking awesome. I'm grateful for. I'm grateful if I only get fucking one view. That's fine by me. At least somebody's listening. I don't look for fucking clout and try to do stupid shit like that. But she's an idiot, and it's disgusting. Like I said. I know it was three months ago. I know it was a year ago. But still, it disgusts me. It really is. It really, really is. All right, guys. Again, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I will talk to you guys on Saturday afternoon. Good night, guys.